The Dude Fox Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Dude Fox Podcast. I'm Ronnie, he's Paul, and another Saturday without United. Men McNichol was busy helping his lass put her tree up. Thank you for everyone who's messaged about last week's episode. And what a man the major is. Great memories, great stories, a swear word or six once he was told off, and even Mrs. Major turned up as well. You can join the conversation on our socials. We're at Dude Fox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Coming up on this week's episode, Livingston Preview, Mid-Season Thoughts, World Cup Terrors, The Academy Lads, The Women's Team, DUSFAGM, Braving the Shave, Who Am I, On This Day with the Arab Archive, and how about watching the World Cup final with us? It's all coming up on episode 172 of the Dode Fox Podcast. This is Tom called Steve Austin, and you're listening to the Dode Fox Podcast. So welcome back to the award-winning Dode Fox Podcast with the angel on top of the tree, Paul McNichol, and the Grinch himself, Ronnie Costello. Um, we just mentioned there, Paul, that uh, about the Major, Major's episode last week. Now, this episode was done, we reckon, it, it was done during November. Um, we went to Deepest Darkest Five, and we were actually going to hold on to this episode to about Boxing Day. And then we ended up just thinking, because of the World Cup, whatever, and um, the way dates were arrived, I was going on holiday and stuff. And when we come back, we thought, we'll put it out. And I'm so glad we did. Because just the response has been so good and people coming out and saying that um, they weren't going to listen to it because it was way before their time. You know, I mean, you, my, you seen his debut. You know, you were there. You've seen his whole career, obviously. But I jest. But just hearing about him from people like your dad and granddad and stuff and my granddad and stuff would have seen him play. But what a guy. What a guy. Brilliant. He, he was brilliant. He was brilliant. And it's... It's something that you know that my old man was on to me ages ago, like probably over a year ago about getting Andy Rowland on the podcast. And for whatever whatever reason, I just kept putting off and off and, and no getting in touch with him. Possibly because, similar to what a lot of people have said, it was before our time, couldn't really remember. But the more people that spoke to us about like Tom Cairns being one as well, everybody was saying, look, you hear get this guy on. Like he's, he's 80 years old, but he's, He's as sharp as a tuck, and uh, he's got some great stories and, and great memories of his, his time at Tannadice. So, ultimately, we we bit the bullet and we took a wee road trip out to uh, a place that was 24.7 miles away from Tannadice Park. And it was just absolutely brilliant. It's it went to almost to my favourite episode that, we, that we've recorded. The Major was so welcoming. His wife was great. It was a lovely wee comment at the end of the, the episode when we kind of jokingly said, oh, you're 80 years old, what is it you do? And why do you still do it? And they gave a great wee answer. Uh, so everything about the episode was absolutely brilliant. Uh, and it's just, uh, I can only apologise to the listeners that I didn't get my finger out my ass to speak to them uh, a lot earlier than we did. Uh, but I'm, I'm glad that we finally got around to it. I think it was worth it. And uh, uh, he's an absolute he's an absolute top man. Yeah, I thought it was quite nice as well when he, uh, he kept calling my son. <laughs> I think he calls everybody son <laughs> but it was um, yeah it was fantastic and just listening back I mean obviously you're I think we've tried to explain this a few things but you are in the room with these people and sometimes you don't take it all in um, 
because you, you mean you're maybe thinking ahead to you know I need to come back to that or I need to mention this and whatever. Uh, and it was just great. And then listening, but I think I listened back to it very early on, maybe that week. And then it wasn't until uh, we put it out and I listened to it because obviously, and obviously the Gardine show was the week before that that we put out as well and stuff. So it's been it's been a few weeks since we've actually done this at our uh, at our normal time and whatever. Uh, and given we thought we'd maybe have a couple of friendlies to speak about that were sprung on us out of no place. Uh, but of course, we are getting back to uh, the football obviously with the uh, mid-season break coming to an end but before we get in to kind of our thoughts and everything looking ahead uh, we have to talk about our uh, World Cup terrors as he's Beach from Australia down Levitt Wales both at the World Cup but both having very different World Cups Paul yeah no, no doubt uh, I'm sure it was a great a great experience for both undoubtedly possibly an even better experience for Aziz or definitely an even better experience for Aziz uh, Levitt would have went, picked up some. Like he would have got two weeks in the sun. <laughs> that, 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 that's no, that's no uh, to be sniffed at this time of year. But uh, just to be around that sort of environment, it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna harm your football career, is it? And uh, it was unfortunate. Like that, personally, I think that Wales were probably crying out for something. And maybe I'm biased. Like maybe there's, maybe there are better players in in the squad than than Dylan. I don't know. Uh, then I can ins and outs of the whole Welsh squad, but I would have liked to see them given a chance because they seem to be floundering quite a bit in, in the games that I watched when they played. Uh, but uh, uh, the way it panned out, he, he never actually got any minutes, but he was there, uh, so he could always say he was at a World Cup. As far as he's, well, he he played four games. He played against some shitey teams like France and Argentina. So then I can what he'll take for that experience. But uh, but all joking aside, coming up against the the, the players of the caliber that he did, like, what an absolute thrill that must have been for the guy. Uh, he, and and he didn't uh, he didn't let himself down. You know, he he almost scored one of the goals of the tournaments as well. Which uh, I get that almost isn't a, isn't a quite happening, but it's it was a, it was a fair effort for him. And he also had Messi by the throw at one point, I think. Mm. So he he probably had a great few weeks out in Qatar, and both of them on the back of their successful uh, inclusions in the national squads, have obviously made the club a wee bit of dodge as well. So uh, so it's a win-win, a win-win all around. Yeah, and you actually just, you mentioned something before we had a record as well, is that uh, the final could actually be two teams that Aziz played against in France and Argentina, depending on how, uh, how the fixtures go. Yeah, yeah but you, I mean, looking at the, the way the semi-finals have now panned out, you would hate to say that they two teams are probably the favourites to get through them. And we blown my own trumpet, Costello. The last time we recorded, you said, who do you fancy for the World Cup? And I said, well, I would like Argentina to win it, but I think France will win it. Yeah. So there's that trumpet being blown. So uh, I'm, Well I'm done very, to very World Cup to winners, unknown. Morocco. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they can't be, they can't be underestimated. Wow. I don't know how many games that you've watched, uh, but the Moroccans are unbelievably well drilled, well organised, like they, they work their arses off. Really, really good to watch, uh, and, and I wish wish I saw more of that for, for my own team every now and again. But it's ah, uh, they, they, I mean, you're no shite team if you get to the last four of the World Cup. That's what I'll say. No, I've been so half assed with this World Cup; it's unreal. So mm. half assed with it, and I tell you, I tell you when I did watch games when I was in uh, when I was away because the kickoffs were five a.m. and nine times out of ten I was waking up about that. So I would watch the five a.m. game, and then maybe the I think it would be eight a.m. would be the next one. And I mm-hmm. got on my day because I was still 
go to your bed, you lazy bastard. And then I would just mm-hmm. go, go in my bed and go home yet. But that side of things was pretty cool. Quite enjoyed that. But other than that, of course, I was awfully sad last night at the full-time whistle. I mean, <laughs> I've no stopped pushing myself laughing since, right? So that was, my heart was bleeding for them. I uh, really was. I was gutted. Uh, but yeah, it, it could be a, could be a couple of uh, great, games hopefully I know some games have been good but I tell you what and this is something that would come up on a weekly uh, occasion on the podcast what do you think of some of the injury time that's been added on at the moment <laughs> mental mental and it started early doors uh, I'm, I'm, I mean there was an injury in England's first game against Iran but the keeper was doing for a wee while but mm. I think at the first half of that game it was 14 minutes added on in the second half it was 10 but like 8 is routine it is it seems to be the norm now and whether or not that's all going to yeah yeah. and whether or not that's going to carry on I don't know Uh, if it does then I've got mixed feelings on it I've got work to go you've got work to go boys have got work on a Monday Uh, it's it's just I mean there's some of the one thing that we moan about all the time with the refs is the fact that they didn't clamp down on the time wasting but at the same time I get if you're not going to clamp down on it, then just say to the player, that's fine, that all that the time you're wanting. I will be adding this on at the end of the game, but mm-hmm. like, there's, you've got to draw a line somewhere. It just seems to have have come out of nowhere. Like, you know, it used to be like, if you got five minutes added on at the, extra, at the end of the game, you were like, oh, that's, that's that's a healthy portion of time that they've gave us. Like five minutes is like nothing. <laughs> In this World Cup, you know, it's it's just absolutely mental. So it will be interesting to see if that carries over into uh, domestic leagues. Uh, and as I say, mixed feelings on it. But I'm probably a wee bit happier about it because this season United have been heading into injury time trailing. So <laughs> extra minutes would probably do us a favour. But uh, it also means that we're never going to win at Parkhead again. So uh, so mi- mixed feelings on it. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll have to wait and see uh, next week what happens with this. It's obviously been uh, about a month or so since we last talked about a game. Obviously Aberdeen... Uh, winning up at Pataudry on the 12th uh, the week after that we then had our mid-season review uh, and then it was the Garden Show Andy Rowland and then this week so in that time what's uh, what's been your thoughts since we've done that review show and you, you, you listened back and everything that's went on and what we've rumoured we've obviously only seen the team once they played against Swansea uh, yeah. last week and then uh, I mean Air might have shot the bed but literally shut the bed with illness I don't know uh, what's going on there but it would obviously be a, a good to see the team but the team would be playing I suppose what they, what they were doing I imagine there's been a closed door game that is what a little bird told me in my ear that was going to happen um, but it's been what's, what's your thoughts been how have you changed have you changed your tack after uh, Davey Martindale was <sighs> referred to as Hasbala by Chris that <laughs> no episode? no that, that was class for the markers no, no, really. I've kind of switched off to the whole to the whole thing. Like even last night, you were messaging saying, what, "What have you got in your notes?" And I was like, "Well, there's no loan report, there's no academy." And you quickly corrected us. Oh, there's been two games this week for the academy. I was like, "All right, okay, my bad." Uh, so I, yeah, I've kind of switched off. The only interaction I've had is going to the game last week, the Swansea friendly, and that was not the best. Uh, I didn't want to be overly critical because it was only a friendly, but, uh, but there was nothing in that game. That I thought, well, this is this is a positive. So I don't know. I think I'm, uh, uh, as I sit here speaking to you today, I'm still worried. Mm. Uh, 
I mean, and why would it not be? We're bottom of the league and all the noises coming out of the club are, no, that'll be fine, that'll be fine. But, I mean, I want to believe it'll be fine, but until you actually see some evidence to to put a wee bit of faith in, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remain concerned about uh, how we're going to go with this predicament. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned David <coughs> Martindale, but it's obviously Livingston on Saturday at the Tony Macaroni Arena. The spaghetti had, if you will. Uh, and I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure I've seen you tweeting because, again, it came up as the pricing of away games in yeah. the Scottish, in the, well, the Singe Premiership, as it is. It's ridiculous yeah. again, still, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's 27.50 for an adult uh, next week. Uh, and I and um, quote me on this, but I read that it's. Livingston usually only charge £25 for away fans, but I think because we charge them 28 to get right. to Tanadai City, I mean, it's, it's, I'm not even hearing a go at Livingston. I'm hearing a go at like all, every team, basically, and my own team as well, because ticket prices are, they're just so high. Like, in, in my opinion, they're just so high. And when you add into the, into the factor that we are bottom of the league and it's no, it's not been the greatest watch pretty much all season, barring maybe two or three games. Then it's it's quite easy for a lot of people just to to say nah I'm no I'm no parting with the cash to go see that this week. So I, I don't I don't know how I don't know how it changes moving forward. If anything, I can only see the ticket prices going up even more. Mm. Uh, just just because <laughs> it's because I think it's it, that, it's twenty seven fifty for that, and the St Johnson tickets are on sale <clears> as well, which is a way are they twenty five or something or. Something but like that. It's about they, 50 quid, isn't it, for two games. Yeah, but they I think they do a deal like for families as well. So mm-hmm. I mean, they, they're quite good in one respect. They are quite good at that. Uh but just in general, it's just like I think you'll see a direct link when, when prices inevitably keep going up, crowds will come down a wee bit at, at certain clubs like Celtic, the Rangers. There's that many dafties that want to go and see them that they could probably charge what they want. And and let's know, kid, we're still, that's why we charge like excessive amounts to, to, to their games when they come here because they, the club know, all right, the him fans might not buy tickets, but the way fans will sell that out, we'll get like five and a half thousand paying customers gain with 30 quid a ticket. So, so that's why, that's why the prices are so high, but it's, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't, I, I don't like mourning about it all the time, but it's, it's just, it's an issue that's not going away. And, and as I, as I say, I think it'll only get worse because I could see the ticket prices going up. Yeah, because I saw, saw the tickets for, for them and they're obviously at the either end of home games. The Hearts game's now two o'clock on uh, Christmas <coughs> Eve, you know, two o'clock, three o'clock, doesn't really matter really. Uh, and the Ross County game is the Wednesday night, 7.45 for that one. And the like, thing is, Christmas, New Year games, they are great and I know they've changed slightly because we're obviously playing... Um, you know, Christmas Eve and there's not a New Year's Day game, it's on the second and, and stuff like this. But yeah, that's fifty quid to go to both of the games. You know, no far. I mean Livingston say an hour, St Johnson just along the road and their pretend derby. You know, but it's, again it's a lot, especially around, you know, Christmas time. Um cost to live in, kinda of put the heating on, all this kind of stuff. Um need to wear two Dode Fox podcasts, hoodies really in this weather. Um <laughs> So it's 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 a frustrating one of that, but you know. It, so the thing is, it's always it's not like Christmas games have ever been free to attend. Like you've always got no, to no. spend. But 
But things are a wee bit different this year. Like, mm. as you say, the cost of living is through the roof. Heating, you just say, I think about turning your heating on and your, your fucking smart meters climbing up and getting higher and higher all the time. So, yeah, people, I, I don't think these games will be as well attended as they, they traditionally are at this time of year, unfortunately, for, for a number of reasons for United fans. Just because we're not playing very well, the the cost of going. But again, we'll see. Because I've I've thought this before, like when, when Derby tickets were out last year, I thought it's awfully, it's awfully expensive that we're charging 30 quid a ticket. And then it sold out in about two days. So what do I can? Absolutely nothing. But I think you made, it, you made a good point before when you were on about tickets. You were saying, you know, it's not that, it's 30 quid for your ticket. If you're on the bus, it's X amount. If you're driving, it's X amount. Then you've got pie, Bovrol. You've then obviously got the burn pie, Bovrol, bloody blah. Can that's expensive. And if you're going to do that twice in a week... 10 days yeah. over Christmas can you can be a couple hundred note out of pocket you know it's crazy yeah it is, it is and let's be honest it's not worth a couple of hundred quid really is it I mean no were you even trying to be funny about it isn't it it's, no. it's not worth a couple of hundred quid to go and sit freeze your buzz off and hope that your team does something that they've done so rarely this season and actually win so yeah <laughs> having said all that I'll be there I'll be there both games. Uh, I'll be there all four games probably before uh, or just until after the new year. Uh, and I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, I think I think crowds might be a wee bit lower than, than they normally would at this time of year. Mm. And uh, as of course, uh, away to Livingston, um, mm. who are, uh, <laughs> I was reading through now, we've not really mentioned a lot of this, right? But we do a, we do a really small column for the BBC every Tuesday and they've got people to do this for every club right and it's not just because we're special it's just virtual daft days that'll do these things but um, I was reading the uh, the Livingston one uh, for last week as well and the, ha- the the headline was all aboard the Livy roller coaster listen Stuart if you think you're on a roller coaster you just try and be a United fan over the last 40 years I mean that that is the definition of roller coaster, um, but yeah. he, he was just saying that you know it's um, it's a roller coaster ride of emotions, the highs, the lows, uh, and they they believe they've got a right good shot at the top six. Um, they do, <laughs> they they do, uh, and he says you know we won't win every week, which is quite boring. But it's the adventure, regardless. It's Olivia is a club for the thrill seeking football fan who likes a laugh and having plenty of options to sit on empty yellow seats. Uh, but again, and he says, uh, well done to Davey Martindale, because I think he won Manager of the Month, I think it was, the last one. Uh, but they have also, uh, they're giving out 2,000 free tickets to local schools, clubs and organisations for the game on Saturday. Good. So It'd be as well, because as the boys kind of joked about, like, how many empty seats is there every week mm-hmm. getting Livingston is... And it's not their fault. Yeah. They're just not a very well-supported team. It's like it's it's something that some fans for other teams can slag them about. Like, you know, Hamilton used to get it, St. Johnson get it. Uh, but there's nothing that there's nothing that could do. Look at St. Johnson a couple of years ago, won the double, and their crowds are still like, really, really low. It's, it's just the way it is. Uh, but that that makes it all the in my eyes that makes it all the the better an achievement that they they clearly punch above them themselves. Uh, like I would happily swap places with Livingston in terms of league, league positions, clearly, because they're so far Fourth. ahead of us just now. Yeah, exactly. Fourth. And like they'll know how a great budget. They'll know how high-performance centres. They'll probably train on that stupid pitch, <laughs> uh, which will give them an advantage, clearly. But uh, 
yeah, like they're obviously doing something right. And can I'm not saying copy Livingston by any means, but they're doing something right. And we're sitting bottom of the league. So Livingston are fourth, right? 23 points. True or false? Dundee United have scored more goals in the league this season than Livingston. I'd find that hard to believe. But the fact that you've asked me that makes me think that we must have. But mm, I don't know. We scored eight in two games. But no, I would, I would say no. I would say I'd be surprised if we've scored more than them. It's true. Okay. We've scored 17, but, they've scored 15. Okay. That's, that's, how that, many I mean, goals? That's how many more start. goals have we conceded? Oh, I mean, if you want to go against that. About 50. Um, they've conceded 20 and we've conceded 31. So that's yeah. that's how they're fourth and we are 12th. That's we've uh, also that's won seven right games there. and we've won three. So that's another reason. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it, listen, it's always a tough one. It's that shitey pitch, as we we always say, um, which is never fun for anybody. But um, after the and all the talk that we've seen in the papers and the players and oh we're doing double sessions and triple sessions and scratching each other's bars and whatever else we're doing what are you expecting what's your minimum expectation this Saturday I don't expect nothing Rondo like, I, I, I kind of a kebab like, honestly like, I kind of you, you don't know what you're going to get no. you, don't, you do not know what you're going to get look when Liam Fox took over we went down to Livingston we went 2-1 for the first time in about what, 15, 15 years or maybe maybe longer, I can't remember the stat. Uh, so you just don't know. You just, uh, who knows what United will show up? Who knows what United will show up? Mm-hmm. Kinda, uh, the only tip I would say is if people put lines on at the boogies, don't touch that. Don't, because you just don't know. No. Um, it's not the game I would have chose to come back to. I'll no. say that much. It's not the game I would have chose. But... But it's but it's it's Livingston. It's a way we just hit to deal with it. We hit to get on with it, and uh, I think I'm going there more in hope than expectation. And uh, last week in Swansea, Charlie McGrew back and played 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a while. Rangers, Ibrox, I think last time uh, might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last I mean I didn't want to go too much on last week, but last week wasn't a great. I didn't think I can. Me and you spoke about it in the clubby after. You didn't think it was as bad as I thought, but I mean, I was watching that game thinking, I can't believe we've been doing double sessions. Double sessions of what? Because it doesn't look like it's been football. Uh, it was just poor, like defensively. I thought we were piss poor again. Jack Newman, he's a young lad. He had a good first half and then he's had an absolute aberration at the second goal. I don't know, he's just. I don't know what he was doing. He was just in the wrong place. I mean, it, it can maybe happen, but it shouldn't happen. And it was, an, it was just, the boy essentially had an open goal to aim at. Uh, so yeah, I, it was good that he was back and that he's, he's fitting. And he's also now our new coach. I think, did, did we speak about that the last time? Like it was was it even confirmed then? But no, he's now, no, we'd, we'd give it a token mention. Um, on the yeah, because it was episodes. the worst kept secret in Scottish football. We've got, uh, United are good at them. With the and a half, yeah, the and a half. So, yeah, it was. It's good that he's back. The more options that we've got, the better, obviously. Uh, but we just, we just need more players to, to have a wee bit of form because if if we play the way that we've played the first 15, 16 games, then we're going to be in deep shit real soon. I mean, the thing, the thing is as well. Even again, and again, touching on the Swansea game, we're our own downfall. We give yep. 
you know, we, Both times. Liam Smith does his best Mark Kerr impression and then, like you say, Jack Newman's caught out of position. You know, because again, and I know it gets punished by special when it's goalies and stuff, because apart from the goal that he, that he made a mess of, I thought he was fine. I thought John Newman was but, fine. You know, I thought but, he done he done all right. But that's obviously when you make an error like huge. that because it was a it was a bad end. Mm-hmm. And that's that's like the main like that like you said him Mark Kerr. Mark Mark Kerr had a good game in that final. Yeah. Nobody remembers that. No. Nobody remembers a pass back. Yeah. So that's that's what I like. It's he did he did do all right. Uh, I would argue like it's a mistake that probably shouldn't be happening. Because if it happens in a game like that, where well, there can't be any pressure on you, I would, I'm assuming, in relative terms, when you're playing like a a, a, a glorified bounce game, there was only about 500 fans at the game, I think, uh, and you're marking an error like that in that atmosphere, then to me it doesn't bode overly well. Like if if we hit a call upon him at a parkhead or an Ibrox, you know how what, what we're going to get for the laddies. But he is young. Uh, I think he's highly rated at the club, so we'll just say uh, it's a time will tell thing. But yeah, it was it was a poor show on last week. I felt. Who are you expecting a playing goal on Saturday? He's still almighty. Uh, probably better guy. Probably better guy because he played against Aberdeen last time, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, probably better guy. Yeah, but again, I don't think it'll be Newman. I don't think he'll come in regardless of what the manager said during during the week in the press, uh, saying that he's given him food for thought. That's probably just like a token token piece of lip service that he's paid there just to just to keep the boys' spirits up and whatever. So I think that'll still come down to between Baragetti and Ericsson and I'd be surprised if it wasn't Baragetti. Yeah, yeah. So off to the land of spaghetti hat uh, next. Saturday um, this is the part we'll usually move on to you but it's uh, people are going to be devastated when you tell us something's no here this week well uh, I mean I looked i done my research last night and there was just there was nothing like the, the only game of note this weekend that I could have reported on in the loan report was Dunfermline away at Arbroath but Mochrie couldn't have played because he was cup tied so there's absolutely nothing like there was games off we frozen pitches Essentially, bottom line, there's no loan report this week. And that's just the way it goes. But there is a wee bit on the academy. So a week past Friday, the young lads travelled through to Glasgow to face the Celtic Burns. Goalkeeper Jamie McCabe was back from injury and back between the sticks and it would be a busy night for the lad. United would ultimately fall to a 4-1 defeat in the match with Adam Carnwath scoring our goal. But McCabe gave a great account of himself on his return, one positive at least. This past Friday, the academy lads were again in action and once more they were on the wrong side of the scoreline. It was a fairly young side that took to Gussie to square off against the Jambos, but two quick goals midway through the first half were enough to secure the points for Hertz. The women's team, there's no game for the ladies this week, but they did play at Tannerice a couple of weeks ago when Aberdeen came calling. It was a great occasion for the team, but they succumbed to two long ball sucker punches and ultimately lost 2-1. They really should have won that one. Last week, they travelled through to Celtic and it was a bit of a doing in all fairness. Celtic, as you'd expect, ran out 7-0 winners on the day and I can honestly say that United didn't play too badly. Celtic, along with the Rangers and Glasgow City, are just so far ahead of the other teams in the league that it's barely a fair fight. The Scottish Cup draw last Tuesday has paired the ladies up with the Jam Tarts 
the girls Figorgi, and they'll be visiting Gussie on the 8th of January 2023. That rondo is the same day as the men's team are due to play the Rangers, and you join the rest of us baldies. <laughs> what a momentous day that's going to be. What a momentous day. Um, yeah, not much to, to talk about there. Even in the Celtic doing, player of the match. <sighs> I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm going to go rogue here. I'm going to go rogue. I think Jade McLaren, because she she had been out uh, suspend suspended. She came back and a week before she maybe got some minutes, and then she was good. As I say, like the the one thing that I'll say about the girls team, uh, the ladies team, sorry, is they didn't they didn't chuck it. Like obviously they're in games against Celtic, against the Rangers, against Glasgow City. And they're up against it, Rondo. It's almost the equivalent of us playing like a in Man City or something. You know, the, the resources are so incomparable; it's ridiculous. And they never chuck it. You know, they they didn't let their heads go down. Uh, they ride the luck at times, even though when you look at the scoreline, you're thinking, "Christ, that's a doing." Uh, but yeah, yeah, I give I give a lot of credit to them because they really they really put a shift in. They didn't quit, and uh, it's just it's just literally a case of the better team won. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good luck to them though in that game, but uh, that's going to be an interesting one for scheduling. Given uh, we need, it to will play. be. Yeah, they, me and you were just talking about that. I don't know. I don't know what they'll do with the women's kickoff because United games at four o'clock that day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's. I don't know. I've, I've got no idea. I mean, me and you think that we've solved it. Just the the ladies game <laughs> twelve o'clock kickoff, and then all's well. But uh, nobody will listen to us, <laughs> so so we'll see. We will see. They should hit on Tanadice just before the game. That's what they should do. Can. Two matches for the price of one. Ah. Boom. There you go. Ah. There's your idea. Come on. Keep it. Uh, so, yeah, talking off the 8th of January, um, I am braving the shave for uh, Dundee United Community Trust. Uh, thank you very much to everyone who has already donated to the cause. Uh, my target was £100. Uh, we surpassed that on the first day. We're now sitting at three hundred and eighty pounds. So I would love. Oh, nice. I would like to get to four hundred. I would love to get to five hundred. If you could give anything, and given how shite times are right now, Christmas round the corner, tickets to away games, all those kind of things. If you've got anything spare that you could donate, the links are on our social media. Um, you can find them. Just click the link tree and uh, link it. It's in there. Or you can uh, go to Just Given and just type in my name and it should come up. Um, so that's happening on the 8th of January. Now, our uh, grand plans for this were um, we were going to do it on the 8th after the game. And originally the plan, and I'd said to Paul, was let's let's get a wee room, let's book a wee room in one of the Dundee bars or whatever, a function, no a function suite, but you know what I mean. And we'll get a wee audience there it's a week before the, the Gardine show with Craig Levine and it gets us in front of an audience again and uh, we can have a bit of a laugh with this and uh, we'll get somebody to share the head and uh, we'll announce the total and that'll be cool. Then, Sky Sports feigned their interest in Scottish football and thought, you know what people need? They need a Super Sunday for the Singe Premiership and the game obviously moved uh, to, now I had said to Paul it's even if it's 12 o'clock kickoff that's fine no problem 4 o'clock so it's absolutely pumped our plans uh, so it's effectively happening in Paul's house um, so that's going to be fine obviously on the episode we'll record it as part of the episode 
Paul will clearly dish out grooming tips how to look after said heads and stuff because I have no idea. And there was a bit of a revelation last week when we were six pints deep in the clubby and I said, we got into this conversation, there was many conversations in the club, as there is when when you hear a few pints. And uh, one of the conversations I got to was... um, what what kind of tools? What tools do we need here? Like what what do we need? Because I've I've not had a bald head since I was probably a teenager. And uh Paul's like, well, I just back, I just shave my head. I thought, wait a minute. I am not allowing a man who has just probably scoffed two pies at Tanadice that day will no doubt be raging loose with a razor blade two hours after the full time whistle. Oh this but apparently that's that and then Martin, our good Paul Martin before he had a cap, um, was telling us, no, I've got these, I've got this shaver, I've got that shaver. Then Andrew popped up with another shaver that we didn't need to be discussing because I'm not hitting that on my head if it's been, you know. So there was a lot, there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on. So, um, yeah, it's happened on the 8th of January, week before the live show. Like I say, if you could give anything, it's mega appreciated. Um, I've been chasing up some people who have, We've taught the talk for many years to me to do this. And I said, well, fucking shows the cash, shows the cash. Uh-huh. And I managed to get blood out of stone of 10 pounds for some people. I got 25 quid for somebody else and that I knew and I just gave them a wee chase up and stuff. But um, again, thank you very much uh, to everyone that is doing it. Um, it much appreciated. It, it genuinely is. The money goes to the Dundee United Community Trust to just do brilliant stuff um, and the community trust, you know, we talk about them a lot, but they exist to improve the lives of people in Dundee and the surrounding areas. Their vision is to be the most innovative and impactful community trust of its kind in Scotland, recognised as a key player in sport and community development locally, and a strong example of best practice in sport for change. Um, it's just brilliant. Let's say, even in this tough time, every penny's a prisoner. We can raise a wee bit of money for them. We're at 380 just now. It'd be great to get to 400. It'd be brilliant to get to 500. And listen, I don't expect that, but imagine I've got a thousand. It'd be amazing. And uh, if everyone had followed our social media, give a quid. See, I think I said we would have made about five grand. We'd have been class. So, um, yeah, that's happening. That's going to be fun for some. Uh, oh, and I got asked, is it getting videoed? Yeah, I'll probably like film it on my phone or something and as well as doing it and then we'll stick the we'll video well, here we'll get Sky Sports up because they're in the tune anyway let's uh, uh, get Sky here lads after the game up to Casa McNichol it's cool <laughs> we just need one camera crew it's fine <laughs> uh, that's exactly what we didn't need uh, mentioned the live show as well uh, really looking forward to that 30th of January um, an audience with Craig Levine Q&A with Paul Dixon Danny Swanson and Craig as well uh, reminder don't buy any any tickets for fannies on Facebook saying they're selling them uh, a lot of them are think they are but they're fannies really if you do have a ticket to sell <laughs> send us a DM we'll share it we'll we'll get them sold for you we'll generally get them sold for you uh, really looking forward to that that's going to be that's going to be a lot of fun um, how are you feeling about it Paul because it's you know, it's creeping up it's creeping up oh, on you of course yeah of course absolutely breaking it <laughs> it's already kicked in so the meds have been upped, but uh, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll, you can't I'm like, I'm always nervous before these things. Uh, and then they go, all right, I suppose. Uh, just my internal uh, anxiety just kicks my ass right up until about two minutes in that and then we're settled in. So hopefully it's the same. 
it'll be fine. It'll be absolutely fine. Um, news this morning, by the way, that the uh, DUSF Gala Evening a Smile has sold out February 22nd at the Rep. Uh, Willie Pettigrew, Andy Rowland, uh, Paul Hegarty, John Holt, Hamish McAlpine and Morris Malpass are going to be on stage with us following the performance of Smile, which is just brilliant news. Really looking forward to that one. Um, if you missed out on this, uh, tickets for Smile are still available. It's back for about four weeks' time. And if you need to join the foundation, you like more information, you can get it at dusf.scot. Uh, but that's going to be a lot of fun as well, um, given how we've we've been really lucky to speak to all of them, apart from Willie Pettigrew. And obviously, Andy Rollins very fresh in the, the mind. And he's as sharp as a tack, so I'm sure that'll be... A lot of fun as well. And the foundation had their AGM this week as well. You were there, Paul, weren't you? Did you go? I was there. Yeah, yeah. I was there. Throwing rotten tomatoes at the manager and the chief executive, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> yeah, I was there. It was, uh, I took the wee man down. So I was trying to keep him amused because uh, it was a Wednesday night and that's in my nights with the wee man. So uh, it was... Was, why do you why right? do I mean, you inflict so much pain on your young lad? Take him to watch United. It's, it's brainwashing. Rondo. Rondo. No, no, it's, okay. it's it's brainwashing, and it's <laughs> it's because his mum's a D, and we're kind of we're kind of hate that 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 kind of happen. That, Get up, they're kind of be nice, kind of slippage yeah. when it comes to things like that. So he's uh, he, he's now well versed in uh, the arts of what an AGM entails, and uh, it's fair to say he's no fan. But uh, but that's all right. That's all right. But uh, I mean, it was all right. It was Mark Ogren came on at the start. He he was as positive as he always is. Uh, he was thanking the fans for, for putting money in via the foundation. The foundation himself have raised near half a million in their four or five years that they've been going. Uh, I, f- I forget, but that's that's mental. Like the, the, these guys that are, I think they're the committee members these days, but they were just sat around throughs or wherever they go for a pint and they just had that idea a few years back to, to get together and and up to now they've they've put in half a mil almost uh, and and it's obviously people still pay in every month uh, the club they then came out so it was uh, Luigi Capuano uh, Tony Asgar was there Liam Fox was there and <coughs> excuse me uh, Paul Paul Cowie is that the academy guy so they, they were there and they were just telling well Luigi was mainly on about the next phase of Gussie Park so in the summer they're going to put the stand in which entails the, the wall which is behind the club shop which kind of separates the club shop from Gussie itself that's coming down and the, the stand's going there round about on the halfway line and then the, the next part that they want to redevelop the area is like a modular design where they're going to have like classrooms and fitness suite and and changing rooms and whatever. And at present, the original plan is to go with that and build it around the stand. Uh, but whether or not that's doable, they're not sure. So they were looking at a secondary site. Uh, and they, they didn't actually give a cost for that, but it's going to be a lot cheaper than was originally proposed because they're going with these, for want of a better term, like a shipping container things. Oh, okay. uh, but it's... Uh, but obviously, I'll, I'll be kitted out, so it'll not really resemble a shipping container once it's actually in situ. So, ah, they've got they've got big plans for it. Uh, there was a few questions for the floor. The boys weren't uh, boys weren't happy with the answers. Uh, 
One of them being uh, a, a, a gentleman asked about the goalkeeping situation. He asked Liam Fox, are you happy with the goalkeeping situation? Because we've got three donuts on the books. And he disagreed that there were donuts. And he said, look, I'm, I'm happy just now. Uh, I don't know what else he could have said. And, and I've seen the criticism come out after it saying, ah, but, but he came out and he slagged Levitt and, and whatever. Like, yes, he did. But I think... But it wasn't a surprise to me that, that that he answered the way he answered. Like what? And it was very, very diplomatic. Like you'll never get his true thoughts on it, these sorts of meetings. There's, there's just no danger. That's not happening. Uh, but whether or not he's happy with the keepers, who knows? But that. But for, for Fox's point of view, that's the keepers he's got to work with for at least the next four, five, six mm. games potentially. Uh, but his, his answer was also telling in the sense that he, he said, look, we're always looking to improve, you know, every position. Uh, so I took for that that they're obviously looking maybe for an upgraded keeper or something, or like a different option. Somebody that could actually keep the bow in the net would be the best option. But uh, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. But the AGM itself, main takeaway is that the foundation guys raised a lot of money, did a lot of good stuff uh, in, in their short time being... Uh, an actual thing they have raised about half a million pounds so the more people that buy into that the more people that support it the better moving forward yeah like I say dusf.scot if you would uh, like some information on there I was just having a flick through it when you were uh, blethering there Paul and you know they do they do some absolutely brilliant stuff you know we've been very lucky to to be asked to be involved with the Tales from Tandai Street book and and then to be involved with the smile show as well for the for the gala evening, which is which is tremendous. And you know, it's one of these things that you know. I think I've I've been a member. Not, I wasn't like in the founding stages, but I've been a member for quite a while. I've got mm. my scarf and I've got my tummy and I've got a pin badge. And I've got a certificate someplace as well. And you know, I'm just waiting on you know a wee free hospitality place or something. You know. Something we you've got to put a wee bit of mirror in to get to that. Well, I put in my tenner. Um, you work, you work much days anyway. You can't. The hospital is not good to you. You take it to me. All right, so I definitely don't want that then. So no, uh, no. move on. But if you have got your tickets to smile for 2023, we will see you on February the 22nd. Is that a Wednesday night? Is that a Tuesday night? Is that a Wednesday night? Is that a, a high the wee man? He'll be on stage. We were asking Andy Rowland to stop swearing. <laughs> Can't wait. He's old dear's idea. Get out of <laughs> Evidently, you did. <laughs> uh, right, let's get this back on track. So, myself and Paul were having a discussion uh, about we weren't actually sure where this was going or who was next up and I said to him last night I was like well the last one I asked and I you can't get your emotion over in text but I basically had two fingers two middle fingers up in the air as I was typing out well that doesn't make sense but I was basically thinking get it right up yeah because it was Andy McLaren and I didn't even get into my clues because the bastard got it right in the first thing yeah, and then you. Why did you whip out the? Who did you? Jaron Nixon was uh, was Jared. then whipped out the week after, which you you got. I can't mind if you got three or two points, but you well, got. We're not very well because it's thirteen twelve me. So I, I didn't. I'm not doing great because I'm about to ask you today. So you again could take a four point lead. You know, we'll see. 
We'll see. If you're unaware of the rules of Who Am I, they're very, very simple. Uh, you get five clues. We've kind of done away with the 50 appearance rule, but you've had to have seen them. Like, if they didn't play, like, 50 games, they'd have had to have been a wee bit special type thing. You know what I mean? So, um, you get it right in the first clue, you get five points. Second clue, four points. Third clue, three points. Fourth clue, two points. And if it's the fifth clue, you get one point. And then, if you somehow still don't get it, then you get nil point. So uh, I've got an issue with something you just said there. You said if they haven't played 50 games, they've got to have done something a wee bit special. Any of your first clues this season, or any of your first players, was Justin Johnson. Yeah, what was special was spe- about that? Well, he was special. Because he, <laughs> he was going to be the next big thing. <laughs> he was. Uh, you should have just left that line out. That's, that's absolute nonsense. It's just it's anybody that we've seen, essentially. Anybody. He could have played two minutes. Aye, a but, yeah, but you would think he'd be he'd something about him. I mean, Justin Johnson was going to be... Oh, fuck. <laughs> Dumb boy. Honestly, better than, uh, better uh, than sliced oh, bread. Get on with your clues. Better than sliced bread. <laughs> right. <laughs> Clue number one. It's a male footballer. Oh, I think I've got it. <laughs> I'm only joking. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, clue number one. His former clubs include Bolton, Clyde Bank, and Greenock Morton. Clyde Bank, Greenock Morton. Uh, I've got a name. Oh fuck! Here we go. <laughs> but that's, that's only because I, I'm, I'm thinking oh. of Bolton. I'm thinking of Bolton. Here we go. I knew it. I knew it when I wrote this clue. I shouldn't have put it first. Fucking <laughs> knew it. No, it's. I, I've got. I've got a name, but I don't can. Have you played for Clyde Bank and Morton? Soon find it. Is that my time up? Mm-hmm. Owen Coyle. Christ for that. <laughs> Clue number two. This player's first United appearance came during a pre-season tour of Finland. Season tour of Finland? Wow. When the hell did we go on pre-season to Finland? Gonna kick yourself, come I mean, you didn't get this and your brother texts you going, fuck, I was there. Silence is golden. Oh. Should get Rachel Riley to do this, buddy. No idea. I've no idea. Clue number three. This player made his competitive United debut against Morton with his final appearance coming versus Hearts in 1996. So this player made his competitive debut against Morton. His final appearance came against Hearts in 1996. 
1996. You'll get it on the next day. Convinced. Absolutely no idea, Rhonda. <laughs> Seriously, I can't even think of what's played for Bolton other than Mixu, Carnaby, and Owen Coyle. No, no idea. And clue number four. He made most of his 55 appearances during his first season missed loads of his second season, then never played at all in his third before leaving under freedom of contract in 1998. Wow, so his last game was 96. He made most of his 55 appearances during his first season, missed loads of his second season, then never played at all in his third before leaving under freedom of contract. In 1998. Well, absolutely blank. Oof. Absolutely blank. Oofed. You might be on for a one point to bring up that level. No idea. Absolutely no idea. Now, I'm very much aware already there will be a social media post from a listener <laughs> with, a, with an image. So, his former clubs include Bolton, Clyde Bank and Green Morton. Yeah. His first United appearance came during the pre-season tour of Finland. His competitive mm-hmm. debut was against Morton. His final appearance coming versus Hearts in 1996. He made most of his 55 appearances during his first season, missed loads of his second season, then uh, never played at all in his third before leaving under freedom of contract in 1998. For one point to bring it back level, Paul, the final clue this week on Who Am I? And it's up to you if you want the music. In his second attempt to gain a Scottish Cup winner's medal he was beaten by a Craig Brewster goal for United in the 1994 final Ali Maxwell Correct He played for Bolton uh, He went to Bolton on loan eh? Jeez, never can that That, I didn't I mean, decent clues I suppose Hard Hard Decent clues but I Hard. didn't realise I didn't realise that he he was there. For, he was essentially there for about a year and a half. Who, who replaced him in the third season? Play. He didn't play. Who Last replaced him? Who replaced him in the third season? Seep. Yeah. Seep. Yeah. Played all the season we got promoted. <clears throat> so he, he made. Yeah, I remember, I remember him that season. And then I think he got injured. And again, Christmas time, something like that. Next season, no. that was him out. There you go. Fair dues. The thing, the, th- the thing with Ali Maxwell, right? Apart from feigning injury, is that when you actually look at it, there's not a lot to go in his United time. Mm-hmm. Because, it, and what I find hard on who am I is when it's a goalie, 
I know we've had a lot of goalies, but we've no really had a lot of goalies. Like you, you'll remember most of the goalies, regardless. So, so you do need to be creative with your clues. It's probably what I'm mm-hmm. saying. But it is all square going into next week, so that makes me feel a lot better um, as we as we go ahead. So that's a thirteen all. I'm just writing that in, just typing that up there, you know. Um, so there you go. Who am I be back next week? Probably with more shitey clues, given what I've just dished up there. So indeed, our uh, online store is now closed until the new year, mainly due to the fact we cannot guarantee you would get it before Christmas. Now, thank you very much for uh, the late surgeon. Uh, orders that we've had of late thank you to everyone who has uh, supported the shop over the, the year be back in January um, might be some might be a wee special number coming out at the start of January we'll see we'll see Paul's got a wee uh, a wee uh, what did I keep calling it uh, I keep calling it brother you didn't say Paul's got a wee and then stall <laughs> so I was speaking to Paul's missus and uh, she, Paul's got a wee <laughs> so uh, yeah he's got a, a a top just now that's um, we're, we're trying out to see how it looks and how, it, how, it, how it's fine it's bright orange though you can't miss them <laughs> very true it's very true so uh, we mentioned the World Cup earlier on uh, how do you fancy watching the World Cup final with us I, I'm not overly keen <laughs> <laughs> nah it should, it'll be good it'll be a good laugh it'll be a good laugh we'll hear a couple of guests a couple of players uh, for the current squad to speak with Uh as soon as we get that announced, we will put it on the social social media platforms so that you can you can see for yourself rather than just be surprised on the day. Because I dare say, if if we left it until you're surprised on the day, then no many more tickets will get bought. Correct. Uh, and it's it's kind of out of our hands as well uh, with regards to who we're going to get. We've heard whispers of who it may be, but it's not been confirmed yet. So we don't want to say two names or three names or however many might come along. And then we're completely wrong. And then we've we've sold you as a pup. So as soon as we know for definite, we will put it on the social media. Yeah. So basically what's going to happen is, um, come along, doors will open at, uh, around about 12 o'clock. Uh, we'll obviously be a bit flexible in the old starting time of things happening, but uh, we'll get on with it. We'll have a bit of chat, uh, a bit of a Q&A, stuff like that. Um, we'll then stick on the World Cup final, three o'clock. And now it does say 12 to five in the post-up, but it's basically until the game's finished, right? That's how it's going to be. Um, uh, it's 10 quid for a ticket. does include some uh, scran. I think it's a pie and a pint, which I think's tidy. You know. Is it no salad and a pint? Oh, you're killing us, yeah. <laughs> nah, surely not. <laughs> Give me that look there and I got halfway worried. Um, so that's that's going to be pretty cool for that. And then let's say we'll, we'll have the, the final on and we'll, uh, yeah, we'll have a bit of fun. Tickets can be bought. Same way you buy your tickets for um, if United games and stuff, you have to go to the uh, United website, uh, go to the buy tickets option. It'll then pop up the World Cup final with Dude Fox podcast. Stick in there, get a couple of tickets or whatever. And uh, come along, we'll have a bit of fun. Uh, we'll have a bit of a laugh as well um, uh, and see how that's going to go. So um, that's the plan for it. We'll firm up the times closer to it, but doors open for 12, but it'll be a bit flexible of probably a half 12-ish start, I would think, because it's 12 o'clock, you know, you just need to get in, get a blather, and then then crack on. So that's going to be a bit of fun uh, that we're looking forward to. Uh, And then it's it's busy. Then we've got, obviously, the the Cardine show in January. We've then got the Smile show in in February. February. And then uh, Paul will maybe hit a doing in April. Who knows? Who knows? For the hell month. For the hell month. On this day, to finish things off uh, in association with the Arab Archive, 
preserving the history of Dundee United Football Club since 2006. 12th of December is our focus today. Just the two games, a signing and a birthday to tell you about. We begin in 1979. It was a League Cup final replay against Aberdeen at Dens. United made two changes from the side that earned a draw in the first match at Hamden. Fleming and Kirkwood replaced Philip and Payne. Over 28,000 squeezed into Dens Park for the League Cup final replay. And those of United persuasion were left exhilarated, seeing their side win their first major trophy. Uh, this is the, Was this the time when you could basically replay a game umpteen times? It must have been, eh? It must yes. have umpteen yeah. replays as well. Oh, that, that went on for a good while after this. Mm. Well, United were a much-changed side in terms of their approach to the game. Uh, confident attacking football was the order of the night. Dominated the game from start to finish. It took only 15 minutes for the Tangines to do what they failed to do in 120 minutes at Hamden. Derek Stark arrowed a low cross and Willie Pettigrew was on hand to steal in between a ruck of players to fire home the opening goal. It wasn't until the 65th minute when United were able to double the lead. Again, it was Willie Pettigrew who scored, getting his head to a Paul Sturrock cross to effectively finish the game. However, United were not content to hold the lead and made it 3-0 11 minutes later. Uh, Paul Sturrock raced clear after springing the Aberdeen offside trap and after a 40-yard run, beat keeper Clark to send Arabs into raptures. They had done it. A first major trophy for United after 70 years. That goal, or they, those games, I remember watching it on the Jim McLean years, the VHS, and I think it's on YouTube. And I watched it um, probably over the summer, I think it was. But when Sturrock runs off the boy and just scarpers towards the goal, because I think it goes in off the keeper, and he just runs away towards the fans, and it's absolutely magnificent. And we've said so many times, and we, we've said it to people, we've said it on episodes, like the League Cup, I know it's the first one, right? But we've not won that in 42 years. Like that's unbelievable. Unrectified. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah. you know... Amazing. I mean, I mean, amazing. Was your old boy at that? Was he wanting a line? Uh, I'm assuming he would have been at that one, yeah. I don't know if he was working on him. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'd bet my life he was there. What's the book that he's in? The Jim McLean book? Yes. The legend book, yeah. Uh, the Jim McLean book for Steve yeah. Finn and I. Uh, standing at the top of the the tunnel at Dens. Not that it's a tunnel, but you can what I mean. In full uniform. Uh, as, uh, he's in a picture of Jim McLean smiling. Unbelievable. The old man's no smiling. Never smiling. But Jim McLean smiling. <laughs> All right. Resplendent. Our second game today. Fast forward to 1999 at Tanadice. And just as he had done in the opening day of the season, Joko and Faraz came on to snatch a last gab derby victory. 1-0 United. Excellent. I was at that game. Yep. And I remember just about to leave... Mm-hmm. Stinking uh, game. Oh, and up Stinking he popped. Game. Who did he do a one-two with to, to score the winner? Oh, ninety-nine. And, and I'll give you, I'll give you a clue. Wasn't a United player. <laughs> oh, I was about to say big, beautiful Tassos. I don't know. Oh, who's that? Stephen Tweed. Ah, big dumpling. <laughs> exactly. I honestly like and then I get me wrong, I kinda am stinking at football and I'm way too old these days anyway. But there's certain players in my time of going to watch professional football where I thought I can't be worse than him. <laughs> and then Stephen Tweed was any of them. Uh, like he had a decent career as well. 
he had a decent career. He, he was at Hibs. He was at Dundee when they were in the, in the top league. I think he went to Greece, and he's he was just mint. Well, he's, I didn't. Uh, he's ten year older than me. So Hibs. No, he wasn't the best. Ionikos, Stoke City. Yeah, I'm Dundee. sure he was there with Brewster. Stokes City. MSV Duisburg, Yokohama, Yokohama FC, Livingston, East Fife, Montrose, Brody Athletic. I honestly think I could have gave him a run for his money, like. And I was hopeless. <laughs> Steven Tweed. Anyway, it was a great wow. assist for Big Farage to hammer home an absolute dagger into the bottom corner and send other Arabs him happy, even though the game was stinking. Wow, that's... Wow. Signing and a birthday then. On his 16th birthday, this player signed his first professional contract with the club before heading south after just 12 appearances in Tangerine. But it's a happy 18th birthday today to Kerr Smith. Happy birthday, lad. I bet he's a I bet he's quite wealthy now. He should be. I hope he is, for his own sake. Yeah, good on him. Seems Looking to be right. getting a lot of action down there for the 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 well, under twenty threes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, and, and and as we've said before, like with him and Scott Banks, like if it doesn't work out, it's cool because they can come back up the road at a very very young age of 21, 22, a wee bit of dosh in the bank. You could probably can you could kickstart your career up here, neighbour. Mm. Like he's he's a good player. He's undoubtedly a good player. Villa wouldn't have splashed out the cash that they did on him if he was a pudding. So, all the best to him today anyway on his birthday. I don't know, I mean, there's a lot of teams splashed the cash to get Stephen Tweed. <laughs> I don't know if they splashed the cash. And then I don't know how good these teams were. Play for Yokohama FC, you actually put 83 times for them. Eh? The, the best team that he played for there, for what you've just rattled off, was Brody. So I'm we'll not, leave it at that. Again, the most games he played were for Yokohama FC. But then what standard was that? Shite. Like, could I have got a game for Yokohama, Yokohama, Yokohama's <laughs> city rivals, you know? What, what are we talking? Yokohama, bugger all. Um, uh, 501 appearances he made. Why are we so stuck on Stephen Tweed? He's a dumb one. Oh, because he, exactly. And that's how we're stuck on him, because he made 501 more appearances than me and you combined. Stinking. Anyway. Speaking of intros, home. see uh, Sean Dillon's putting a hand in yesterday. Yes, and he lost. Yeah, and he lost. No like him. Nay no, no assists at Hamden for him. No throw-ins to assist this week. <laughs> no. no. He's best avoiding that building. Yeah, no half. Right, that is it. The winter break is almost over. Livingston away next Saturday. You can then watch the World Cup final with us in the Heggie on Sunday. You can follow us at Dode Fox Podcast We're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can donate to my Brave the Shave as well at justgiving.com forward slash page forward slash Ronnie Costello. Have a great week. Stay safe. And most importantly of all, don't forget to wash your hands and your arsehole. <laughs>